0: Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and despite all my warning, you're listening to Microphones of Madness. Hey
1: everybody, this is Microphones of Madness, I'm Rodney, over there's Steve. And today we're doing a filler episode, a little autopsy of our playthrough of Tomb of Horrors. That old classic dungeon <laughs> that, <laughs> that old chestnut Now I had never played it until until we decided to play it for Emergency D&D But I was aware of the reputation this dungeon had as a meat grinder
0: And I had played it way back a long time ago Back when it was new Yeah, well, newer <laughs> Probably in 1983, 82 or 83, around then Yeah, what's the background on this dungeon, Steve? So this was um, Gary Gygax's dungeon. It was uh, originally published in 1978, and uh, I guess he was he he figured that his players were getting too cocky, and they figured that they can anything you can throw at me, we can beat. So uh, Gary Gygax decided to say, "Hold my beer." And uh came up with this little thing um the interesting thing about this dungeon to me is that there is a lot there are a lot of hard ass scenarios out there. Shit. we just ran through one of the most other most famous meat grinders, massive Niroethhoap for calling mm-hmm. the um and a lot of these put players through impossible situations give them no logical framework with which to work out what you're supposed to do this mm. mean mean spirited shit. And uh this is the original.
1: Right. This <laughs> was a very mean spirited dungeon.
0: This is where it all begins with uh two more
1: Yeah, this is the ur example of player versus the uh dungeon master.
0: Yes. And eventually it became Um a tournament dungeon. So you know, you'd go to uh Gen Con back when it was actually in Lake Geneva Mm -hmm. and you'd play this and score it up on how well you did and people would win it. Weird. Well you gotta have to, the way it's Um, set up. And the original uh the original um book of this, it's very short, it's like seventeen pages long. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, the, the original book had the NPCs that they, that they use for tournament play and how to score it which is really cool um, but this version that we played was all updated for 5th uh, edition and this is audio so holding this up to you means absolutely nothing but it's, uh, it was published um, last spring in uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal which was kind of a, a compendium of classic and beloved dungeons from the history of D&D. So you have things from 1E uh, 2E, 3E and 4E in here. Plus uh, some beta stuff from 5E.
1: Now, is Tomb of Annihilation is that just an up, a campaign version
0: is this is uh, the Pinnacle or somewhat it is using the same villain um, Acererak, or Akarak, or however you pronounce his name, the Demi-Lich. A-hole. And uh, in, in Tomb of Annihilation, um, you come to find out that um, as a Demi-Lich, he wanders the, the different plains and creates these these uh, dungeons, basically as honeypots for adventurers to, to come in so he can absorb their souls and, and feed. Mm. And there's some different plot things happening in uh, Tomb of Annihilation that I don't, don't want to get into because, I don't know, maybe we'll play it one day. Right. And uh, I don't want to give away too much for that. Now,
2: but,
1: so so Sarerak, storyline-wise, is like the Dungeons & Dragons equivalent of Taskmaster or, or uh, Mojo or somebody like that.
0: Yeah, I guess kind of. It's more like... I, I kind of think of him more like a big, bloated spider that just yeah. sits there in this web. And, you know, every once in a while, adventurers get attracted to the shiny thing. Yeah. He's
1: a, he's, a, he's a type of...
0: Go ahead. And and they go in there, and um, he swallows their soul.
1: Yeah. He's the type of villain that's not like a... A world-threatening uh, adversary, or or he's not the evil king, or something like that. He's just this random evil dude.
0: Yeah, he's just hungry. That's what he eats. He, I mean, he. If you know in D anD D, a lich is um, a, a wizard who has decided to make his or herself immortal by um, trapping their soul in what's known as a phylactery, um, which is you know. It's like Harry Potter. It's like Voldemort. Right, a horcrux. And uh, they become this huge undead magic user who's really fucking powerful. A Demulich is like the next stage where you've lived so long that uh, your body doesn't even matter anymore. And at the height of this, um, they come into this room filled with the treasure of of the adventurers that came before them, and there's this skull. And that's the Demulage. It's this skull. And its soul, once disturbed, its soul comes back into it. And it uh, fights the adventurers to basically trap their souls into the jewel so it can digest them. And it's, like, pretty OP. Yeah. And Wesley has joined us.
3: Wes. Yes, I did. Yeah, sorry. thing was stuck.
0: Yeah, so we're just going over the background here uh, of Tomb of Horrors. So, um, I guess, without further ado, since both of you played it to varying degrees, Rodney played it in every episode, and Wes, you were in two, maybe three? Yeah, two or three, yeah. Um, Knowing its reputation as this badass meat grinder, uh, what'd you guys think? I thought it was tedious.
3: That court, those endless corridors or traps where the entrance to the next level was buried at the bottom of a spiked pit inside of another trap, was it it borders on what on unthinkable that you would actually think to find that unless you got desperate? It's It's like those old '80s uh, uh, adventure games where you just start clicking around a screen, hoping you'll find the one pixel that actually does a thing.
1: Or you're playing Zork.
0: Zork, yeah.
1: Oh, there you go. Or you're using every fucking verb you know. Or the
0: Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It is just from looking at it from just a game master's perspective, is very tedious. Um, We were talking before we went on the air about how there's these sections where it's just a ten by ten room and you have to you're timed and you have like an initiative count to find out how the next door works. And you gotta find the door because it's a secret door. And then you gotta figure out how it works. And if that minute or whatever goes by, um you get blasted by a magic bolt from above. And there's nothing you can do about it. Right.
3: I'm gonna be bored trying to run that.
0: Um I you know it, it's it's yes and no um, there, i will say there is definitely a level of schadenfreude in running this thing oh absolutely um, oh, i good. mean you can't run this and be and feel bad for people <laughs> you have to be you have to be like no you did that and it's time to go like when when Rodney, when, when you uh, touched the wrong end of the scepter mm-hmm. to the door and you were spat out into the opening hallway who wants to do that to somebody right you know that's part of the charm quote unquote of this well dungeon i think i think in in that respect
1: the the loop arounds and, and those types of like exits you know gives you the opportunity to yeah sure um you know, the rest of the characters went on and they fought Asarak, and they all died. But you can always you can almost form a campaign out of it because Snart lived. He went back to town, grabbed a bunch more guys. And who knows? That could have been like a campaign uh, for Snart, you know, trying to gain favor with Acerak by just keep feeding him adventurers.
0: Well, and and maybe that is the logic behind yeah. um how this thing is designed, just from AsuraX's point of view, because mm-hmm. if you are making this honeypot and you want to draw people in and have them get to the end, so you can eat their souls, right? You don't want them to die horribly in the middle of everything,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So having these outs might be like that kind of um, the adventurer gets spit out naked, runs into town and saying, "We got to go there, my buddies, they're in trouble." And, and you keep on having this cycle of adventures. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I and know. it gives the other characters to like try to, it gives other players a chance to restart and rethink some things. It's like, maybe we should go this way. Maybe we should approach it this way. Because there, there is definitely some, some metagaming that has to be involved.
0: Oh, to figure this
1: yeah. dungeon well, there's, out.
0: There's metagaming involved just from its reputation alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many? How many of you guys knew, heard about the, uh, you know, the demon mouth?
1: With right. The sphere Everybody of knows the sphere of annihilation.
0: That that's the symbol on the spine of, um, to- tomb, of annihila- tomb of Annihilation. It's,
1: right. It's it's, it's it's like the it's like Aserac's logo.
0: At at the time of of this recording, um, Wizards of the Coast, that's their D anD D symbol. It's like up all over the place because uh, mm. Annihilation is their current campaign. Right. So uh, everybody knows that. It's iconic. And when you walk through Tomb of Horrors and you see this green demon face with a jet black hole where its mouth should be, you don't fuck with it.
2: Because <laughs>
0: mm. you know what it is. So yeah, there is metagaming involved. Um, just on the reputation of the dungeon alone. Right. Most definitely. And then you have people, um, because being one of the first published dungeons for D&D from way back in, what, 78, I said?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Chances are someone who you're playing with has has gone through it. Mm. So, well, I mean, there's, there's that. If you're of a certain well.
1: age, I think. If you're of a certain age, you've known somebody that's gone through it.
0: I think that this dungeon has been published... Or adapted for almost every um, edition of D anD D, so it's it's out there. I mean, it's it's weird because it's. Let's face it; it's a poorly designed dungeon. It's a it's a grind. Um, it's a grind to run. It's a grind to play. It's a death fest. Um, it don't get me wrong; it's fun, but
1: yeah, it's it, definitely. It's it's more of a it's more of a attrition than than say masks of Nyrlethetap. Yeah. I mean you know masks. You know it's it's chapters. You know investigation. You know sub boss battle. You know end of the chapter battle. Right. You know, Next investigation, and with Tomb of Horrors, it's just like slog, slog, well, slog. Yep. I, I think I think I had my character say a couple of times that. You know, if it's if it's not the traps that kill you, it's the fucking repetition.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, the boredom will kill you.
0: Well, and and part of that is is to lull you. Um, case in point, the pit traps. Right. You have these three rooms um, in a row. Really, it's a hallway with three doors, and behind each door is a pit trap. And mm-hmm. the third pit trap has a secret door inside the pit trap. This is what Wes was talking about. Yeah. And you go to the first one, ha, ha you fall in the pit trap, loads of fun. So the second one, you're weary, and you look for the pit trap, and you find the pit trap, and you shut it up. Because you don't want to fall in a pit trap, right? You just did that. Right. So the third door, and now it's routine. Well, you just missed how to get to the second half of the dungeon. Right. Which...
1: It's, because beyond that is a hallway that just leads straight into
0: a pit of fire. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, yeah, it goes right into the lava. Or magma. I guess it's magma at that point. Yes. It's below ground still. Yeah. So, there is that aspect of it, but I actually had fun running it, and part of the fun I guess is knowing that there's shit coming up.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I, I think part of it, too, was that nobody was taking it very fucking serious. Oh,
0: okay. no. That to be fun. You can't fucking take this dungeon seriously. No. Um, you really can't, because this is a table flipper.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's like you set the, you know, we, uh, Lily and I, Lily just joined us, set the tone right away at, at the second hallway. There's a lever. Okay. I pull it. Fuck it. Let's just get it going.
0: And yet none of you touched the sphere of annihilation. No.
2: Well, you know, sometimes you just feel like that's just something you shouldn't do. I
3: came in too late to touch the sphere of annihilation.
2: You've already touched one sphere of annihilation, so I feel like you've done your job.
3: Wes would have done it. Yes. Partially because I'm not as experienced in D&D as you guys, so I wouldn't have known what it was I was poking at.
2: The best part about it is, is you've already been killed by the spirit of analysis. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's funny because on the map and in the in the, uh, the newest version of it, mm-hmm. the uh, compass is that gargoyle head with the spirit of analysis. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, I see it right there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's 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 how it is.
1: Yep. There's, uh, I mean, design-wise, it's interesting. You know, I like. The traps, I wish there were a few more different uh types of monster
0: encounters.
2: Uh, there it's are a, actually perhaps missed... more monster encounters?
0: <laughs> you guys missed a number of monster encounters. Really? Yes. Um, you just didn't go where they were. That's wild. There, there was a uh, a false lich. Um, I think if you want if you're looking following along on a map, it's in room eighteen A. 18A? 18A? Um, there was either. this um This zombie, I think, or a mummy, some like minor undead thing, dressed up like a lich that you were supposed to fight. Like you do. (laughs) And and think that you won.
3: Was And
0: And then like its treasure that it had was all bogus. And once you got away from the place, it would have turned to poop. Ow.
1: 18A is like a hallway that goes, a stairway that goes to 18 yeah,
0: 18's got, and now the, the the hallway in 18, if I remember correctly, has like a poison fear gas, so that by, by, by the time you get into 18A and you see this thing, the gas is supposed to also affect you so that you think it, you know, to help with the illusion that you're fighting the lich. Because you don't know it's a demi-lich. You think it's a lich. So <laughs> right. that as well. Um, and 22, which is the room with the pool in it, uh, there's right. a siren that can help you. Ooh. Did uh, you drop
2: this golden pipe or this silver pipe? Well, it's not quite like that. It's like It should big... be, damn it.
0: Um, you guys actually missed one of the keys to get into the lich's chamber, but I decided to fudge that because...
2: Okay. What, what, what you
0: if you couldn't get in no it was in remember oh, really? the room with the three vats yeah Oh. Yeah. And there were two halves of keys in those vats um, and one of them was filled with acid and the other was filled with like um, gelatinous cube or something weird so
2: that but yeah, you, you we would, went with the asset one and found out what that was like. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, no, no.
0: there were there were the one of the keys was uh in pieces in those, and you were supposed to but there's the thing is they don't really fucking make that Gary Gygax didn't write that so it was you know logical or obvious. If you right. saw danger and decided not to face that danger, um you didn't get the key. Right. Which I think it's poor design. Um, there should have been like more incentive to have gotten that. Like
2: you see the key in there. Yeah.
3: So Gary Gygax, Reed, Gouvis, and
2: Gallant decide, yeah, we we'll are going to
3: do the opposite of that.
2: Wait, didn't he make this dungeon because he was annoyed <laughs> to yes. begin with? So yes. yeah, he did that on purpose, more than likely. It's like yeah, yeah I'm I mean, going to make totally one, on two things. Like uh, here's a vat of acid, and here's a thing with something you need in it. Yeah. Well, so it's if one- you. Just like, happen to find the acid and decide, fuck this, you're never getting anywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to be snide to your, your friends.
2: It's another thing to publish it like that. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, you got to, like, once you're publishing it and your friends have all been beaten down and, and you've taught them their lesson, uh, make it a little bit more playable, I guess. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you know, depending on how many people have been injured up to this point, you know, getting through all those traps and stuff to get to this room. You know who is going to stick their hand
0: or arm in acid?
2: Well, even if you haven't been hurt, because I mean, we really didn't get that hurt getting right. there. And then even, but we ran into a lot of traps getting there, so we're yeah. just like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah,
0: and what you could have done was simply say, if you have like some stupid poem, because he was throwing out the rhymes before. Yep. Uh, have a stupid poem that says, "If you want to get for, if you want to fight me, you got to get the key."
2: Yeah. Right. And then we're like, "Oh, we need to find a key." And then maybe we'd be more apt to look in the damn vat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, yeah, kind of poor dungeon design there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um,
1: the other reason I say about more encounters though is that it's like we had our party, we had, you know, and it was a good mix of of characters. And
2: yeah, we had just about every base covered.
1: Right. But every room was I investigate the room for secret doors. I check the door for traps. I check right. the door to see if it's locked.
2: I don't stand in front of the door, so if he fucks up, I don't get right. hit. Yeah. I think,
1: exactly, and I think, so so I ended up like going into a room, doing everything, and then there was nothing for anybody else to do, and yeah. there was nothing for anybody else to do except yep. for be a meat shield.
0: I think that's part of an old school aesthetic that's not um, just part of this d- dungeon in and of itself. Um, I think that the, the AD and D thief. Was specifically designed for that, right? So, and and no other character class had those powers. So that when um, there was more of parity between the classes in in uh, this edition, where you can anybody can look at a door. You don't need to be a thief to look at a door, right? Right. Anybody can do it. Thieves get a bonus, right? Um, get a bonus. Yeah, they're um,
1: proficient in the skill. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And and
1: they have proficiency in thieves tools which what is what helps you unlock the door. Right. But anybody can check a door for traps. Anybody right. can check do an investigate or do perception or anything like that.
0: Right. So, um and used that that used to be the job of the thief cuz they suck in battle except if they snuck around in a backstab, that's good for once. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um so the thief was the guy who went out front and checked the door and said it was cool opened it up and everybody else went in and kicked the shit out of whatever was in there right and the the difference between this and those is there's nothing to kick the shit out of because you go into a room and there's just going to be more traps (laughs) Right, exactly. So it feels like you're doing the same actions
1: over and over and over again.
0: It's kind of the other extreme from that old aesthetic of dungeons, where you go into a room and you fight a monster. Um, You go to the next room and you fight a monster. And this, it's the opposite. It's you go into a room, you fuck with some traps. You go in the next room, the traps fuck with you.
1: Right. You know, and I I remember the the red box. Remember. Wes mm-hmm. doesn't remember this. I don't know if Lily does or not. I, I know box. you remember the Red Box.
0: Keep
2: on I the Borderlands.
1: I actually found the player's handbook for the Red Box today. Right on. Oh, cool. Um, but that had a sample dungeon in it.
0: Is that Keep on the Borderlands?
1: Uh, no, Keep on the Borderlands was a separate uh, module. But it had its own dungeon. It was Cobalt Dungeon. It was like for a first level character. And that was the that was the aesthetic of that dungeon. Was you go in, you fight, you know, your first level character, you fight five kobolds by yourself, or with the party, or whatever, and you go on to the next. You know, loot the bodies, kick in the door, fight a monster, loot the bodies. That's funny. We played um, munchkin today.
3: You, yeah, it's munchkin. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. I mean, that's the that's the design aesthetic that. Munchkin is based around is that form of dungeon crawling right
0: and and to be fair, that was d and d for a long time, basically until Greyhawk came out mm-hmm.
1: and you added some storyline to it and right things but like even that.
0: then the storyline was was kind of like just getting you from dungeon to dungeon
1: right and opening crawl you know like you have traveled to the land of borramme where and you
0: know there's I think you might have like uh some forest encounters while you're getting there. The world of Greyhawk has more abandoned buildings than fucking
1: Detroit.
3: <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's funny as shit. It's um, true it's though. Funny. There those that shit is fucking everywhere in D and D.
0: Well, you could see where um back in in like the early eighties where somebody would be playing D&D and going, there's got to be more, and you come up with something like Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, right. Where, where you have, you know, instead of opening doors and fighting monsters, you're like figuring shit out. Mm. Figure out that you don't want to fight a monster, but you end up having to do it anyway.
2: I mean, that's the, the end all of uh, any game design. That's how it happened with video games. You know, you don't have Two sticks and a ball bouncing across the stream to yep. fucking uh doom and, and uh
0: Yeah, but Doom is open the door to fight a bunch of
2: monsters. Find yeah, it. but you didn't let me finish, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> or you get shit like uh, ICO or Shadow of Colossus, like you know, it progressed. <laughs> People looked at old formulas and went, Well shit, that's cool, but it's kinda boring. What can I add to it? or what can i change or how do i knock this back down to basics and give it a better feel
1: right and and that's that's what's driven the advancement of dungeons and dragons over the years yeah is you know as gameplay style has changed
2: i mean look at how much like homebrew there is for dungeons and dragons
1: oh well yeah that's because dungeons and dragons is like the number one it's the one everybody knows and there's just so much for it because one, it was easy to do. Once you figured out the mechanic and the dice engine, you can sit there and create stuff all day long. Yep, you can create new monsters. You can create entire kingdoms,
2: and it's an interesting enough system to make people want to add on to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's there's, just, there's a dedicated fan community. The only fan community I've seen that produced as much stuff for D anD. D was Palladium Fantasy. There was a there was a whole, I remember a website dedicated to just the source books. Fans would write their own source books for Palladium.
0: Three and four hundred pages long. Ooh. People do that for 5e now. Yeah. And uh, Wizards has made it easy because they have like a amateur publishing house.
1: Mm-hmm. And they they have that open game license too.
2: They know where their damn bread's buttered. (laughs)
1: Right, I mean, there's um, you know anything you can expand it for anything for D20 system. You know there are there are guys out there who do do gaming channels on YouTube and whatnot, dedicated to entirely dedicated to running Dungeons and Dragons and playing Dungeons and Dragons. and creating like. Uh, books for the creation of factions in your campaign world, and that's that's the book that they made. You know, just all these little odds and ends, and of course, the fan source campaigns have been around forever,
0: right? Um, those guys that you like, the the, um, the- Matt Mercer and Critical, Critical, Role. Critical Role, yeah, Critical Role has, yeah, their-
2: Critical Role is about fifty percent homebrew.
0: right? Well, they have their own source book out.
2: That's because it's 50% homebrew. Right. Like they took their system, they took their game from Pathfinder and converted it to 5e with all the homebrew stuff that they did in Pathfinder. And it just grew mm-hmm. from there. And I mean, like, he's been, like, even before they got the source book out, I think he'd released two or three classes that he created just to have it work in his world.
1: Mm-hmm. And now, and now, Matt Wizards of the
2: Coast was like, like, hell yeah, bring that on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Matt Mercer is now, like, the official dungeon master of Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Matt Mercer!
2: (laughs) I'm sure he doesn't mind sharing the throne.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I mind sharing the throne.
2: (laughs) Well, that's your problem. You get to the top and you knock him off just gently, okay? Mm -hmm. His hair is wonderful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, now, what did you guys think of the boss battle? Pain. I have no idea
2: how the fuck you're supposed to win that fight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're you're not really exactly, which is kind of shitty because, like, at least give me the illusion that I have a fucking chance.
1: Yeah, right. Well, it's Dungeons and Dragons, not Call of Cthulhu. But that was a Call of Cthulhu fight in Dungeons and Dragons.
2: Right. If, yes. this, if our campaign had been like, other than us knowing we were going in there to die, if I was a, a player that didn't know this done that this was what I was expecting, I'd have been really fucking cheesed off.
1: Oh, yeah, if especially <laughs> especially if we had been a party who had actually built those characters from level 1 to level 15. And yeah. Just for example,
2: just, I, I was playing a barbarian, and there is zero chance. No, there's probably like maybe a 10% chance that I could have not gotten sucked into that eyeball and had my soldiering. Because well, my charisma is not that high.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, that's what you get for min-maxing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a punishment for his players. Yeah, and
2: hey, I'm not knocking. Like I'm saying, like I get it, stuff. and it doesn't bother me. Like yeah. me, but if I was looking at it from the standpoint of a uh, somebody who who's running, like been running with this group of people for years, probably, probably might or or you know got in a group, not knowing this backstory behind this damn dungeon. Mm-hmm. I'd be cheesed off.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, there were, there were ways around it, but it was really, it was really tough to figure out. Because I, what I think is that those anti-magic fields that Demi Lich kept throwing at you were supposed to be your breathing room to come up with a plan.
0: I think you're yes. giving Gary Gagax too much credit.
2: Well, I seriously think he set that up to like just one shot. His I, fucking yeah, dirt when got to it, way, possibly,
0: possibly, because you know,
1: I mean, this you, you, me, and Matt were discussing this uh, the day after, and yeah, he
2: battle we wouldn't have thought of that. I yeah. mean, hell, Matt. Only reason Matt tried it was because people were dead and got to sit there and think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, hey, why don't you try the anti-magic shield to cancel out the abilities? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's the same reaction you have the first time you fight a Beholder and you don't know what it is. Like, once you realize that Cone's there, some people are going to realize, maybe I can use that to neutralize the abilities. Other people are going to go, oh, shit, I can't use my magic and fucking panic. (laughs) So if you uh, pop up
0: the the monster manual Mm -hmm. and uh, take a look at Demulich, a Surak is the, um, the model. He's the model. They even have a, a sidebar for him. Um, that trap soul thing is actually his particular, um, that's for him and him alone, I guess.
1: Right. Otherwise. Um...
0: Uh, so a, a normal Demi Lich is a challenge rating of 18. Right. Which is still overpowered for, for the level of the party that, the, that this recommends.
1: Oh, yeah. What level level does it actually recommend? Because I know Uh, we were playing like 15. It's
0: it's 11 to 16, I think.
1: Oh, God. Hold on.
0: It is recommended for... Where are you? Uh, 10 to 14. 10 to
1: 14. See, and that's... 10 is really low, especially if you're boss. I mean, a a, a generic Demi Lich.
0: They didn't have... CR-18. They didn't have challenge ratings back in AD&D. Back in the right. day, they didn't have challenge ratings. But a challenge rating, for those of you who are listening to this, not knowing anything about um, 5e, is um, the average level of a four-person party should mm-hmm. be to the challenge level of the of the challenge. So one Demi Lich at 18 means that you should have four characters. Um, averaging 18th level should be able to fight a demilich and um, come through relatively unscathed
1: right or it should at least succeed
0: right so um two demiliches and you multiply it by two and they they do it by number of attacks and it's there's a formula in the dm's guide mm-hmm. um, all right now this demilich is in its lair which adds another two to the challenge rating so you're at 20 uh, because it gets special lair actions, and that was the uh, the shaking, the anti-magic field, and um, uh, a thing where no target can regain hit points. So it's an it's a anti-healing ray as well in its lair. Then um, Azurac gets another um, two points uh, because he's Azarak. And he has the Trap Soul. So you fought a 23 challenge rating monster. Mm-hmm. And your average was what? 15, 16? Shit, I was 14. Uh, I was old 15. That is over. Well, the, it's the average for the party. So at the, at that point. Right. I'd say about
2: 15 was the average. Yeah, yeah. So
0: So do the math. You were, and I told you this before we started playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like
2: you said, this was, was a one-shot.
0: That's why we were like, yeah. fuck it. It was going to be a slaughter. Now, yeah. if it takes a special kind of asshole to run this on an ongoing campaign, really. Yeah. Unless unless you're running, like, um, the, the whole Tales from the Yawning portal, which you can do, because it's set up from the back to start off at first and then right. go all the way up. Unless you're running it as a succession of dungeons... Why would you put this in a campaign? You're automatically unless you're you have um twenty level twentieth level characters and more than four of them, you're just setting up everyone to die. Yeah. Right.
2: Like like I and, said, like like this is the kind of game that you would run. Like that boss alone is the kind of boss you do when your group has pissed you off so bad you don't ever want to talk to any of them again.
3: And right, that's a quick Yeah. Because
2: like weird. I said, if I didn't know that that's what I was going into, I'd have been really angry. <laughs>
3: Did they take us goldfish?
2: Like right. like you said, if this had been called a Cthulhu, that would have been expected. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, yeah, because nobody would have passed the sanity.
2: Right, because it's like no. man, everybody's crazy or running for their lives at that point. Yep. There's just no, there's no fighting that. We fucked up. We lost.
3: <laughs> we made them take of going in.
2: Yeah, yeah. We should not have opened the book.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I
2: had a fun running it, though. Oh, I had fun I, playing I, it. I had, I had, I had fun, fun dying, honestly, because, oh, I mean, yeah. we held up in that fight a lot longer than I thought we would.
0: That was all thanks to Matt. Matt, he brought that super paladin in. It. Yes. The dust
2: He said he back. had a plan. He
3: did, and it almost worked. My character was blind and magicless, <laughs> and he had no strength. He had negative strength
0: bonus. And you were and you were sure to road.
2: Yep. Yep. Who was free?
0: <laughs> Who we lived? Well, so we just we just came to the conclusion that he was going. He went back to town, or she went back to town to grab um, more adventures.
2: Yep. Come send them in there and take what she wanted. <laughs> yep.
0: To come back and feed Aserak. Yeah, the, the, the perpetual him. perpetual soul eating machine
1: and 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 uh tieflings live a long time
0: <laughs> so would you run this for for your groups or would you stay away from it like the plague
1: you know i would run it i would i, I might tweak it and run it as part of a campaign and it would be because aserac is so powerful I, I would I would consider it like an epic campaign. Yeah. Uh you know CR eighteen. You know, that's you know, you gotta have at least one character who's beyond twenty one to stand a chance.
0: Well, they haven't even gone there with D d yet. Yeah, oh, D D
2: you literally yeah. cannot play beyond twenty. Once you become twenty, you are no longer. Really? Playing. They don't have epic rules yet? Twenty. Mm-hmm. Twenty's the cap. Once you're twenty, you're the legend. Hmm. Wow.
3: Yeah, for me, I, I would I
2: would change a whole bunch
3: of those rooms because you know just the lin just the uh, just the same trap linearness and the logic of it does escapes
2: me. Yeah, I'd put
3: it, a it few would more not,
2: like the, the linearness of it would not have been so bad if they were better mixed together with the encounters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have like a counter and then maybe a couple of rooms of traps, other than have days, like sessions of us with nothing but traps. <laughs> yeah.
3: Or if it, or the dungeon were more built along the lines, if felt like it was designed to funnel the players towards Aserak, that'd be one thing. But this felt like it was designed to keep players as far away from him as possible. Like yours it doesn't feel like you'd actually live to see Asarak, which is weird saying the fact that he wants to eat you. It's like
2: Hey, dinner! Yeah, go that's into, a good point. Considering the end boss, the end boss wants to eat you. Yes. Why wouldn't you make it easier to get to him? <laughs> exactly.
0: M- maybe the challenge is good for the the spice.
2: Could be good for the flavor.
0: Yeah, and but, be, I, I but you would you also to think
2: too.
0: you would also think there would be a number
1: of undead roaming around the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, animated by just the the sheer evil of the place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, folks who did not survive getting there. So you would have maybe skeletons, zombies, uh, specters, Oh, there specters. There's a lot of
2: specters and wraiths in there. Yep. Yeah,
1: well, wraiths not so much, but specters, because they'd be so pissed off at uh, Gary Gygax that yeah. they would be, like, locked to that location.
3: Yeah. Or just, like, bits of rusty leftover armor you'd like to find, like, yeah, yeah, here's another hell that yeah. six holes in it.
1: Yeah, who cleans this there's there's two questions that you have to ask yourself yeah. when you're thinking about any dungeon. Is one, who lights the torches? Yep. Yeah. And two, who cleans the place up? Well, there were no torches in this dungeon. No, we just all happened to have uh
2: night <laughs> <dark laughs> yeah.
1: Because we were you know smart enough for that because you know, room for torches in your backpack, man, that takes up another quiver. Yeah. <laughs> not that we also, really needed that.
2: A few necromancers might not be a bad idea either, because I'd imagine that there would be liches that would be very interested in trying to get his power that would get stuck in there.
1: Necromancers? Yeah, there'd yeah. definitely be some necromancers. There might even be a couple of smaller glitches or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Now the, I mean, the, that would make it way more exciting a dungeon to be in. Now the, the real
0: answers to these questions might be contained in uh, uh Tomb of Annihilation. Right. Where you know you have this final Acerak ridden dungeon that's um, updated and designed differently. I haven't read that part yet, so I, I honestly don't know. But I would think that the that the, the design team Aside from dropping the ball on cult, mm-hmm. um, they come up with some pretty cool ideas in terms of adventure design. If you've read through any of the official D and D stuff, like the, the their their current crop of adventures, um, some of them are designed really well. So perhaps the updated Tomb of Horrors has. Necromancers and mummies and wraiths walking around doing their shit. Mm-hmm. That's true. I
3: could I could see this like this this end like part of a running theme for camping. Like you know, you, you have vampires deal with like um, other soul sucking and life draining monstrosities as your country's kind of building up for
0: this thing. Well, the the premise of that campaign is that. And you're trying to find this, this out. No, anybody who has ever been resurrected um, starts to rot away. And anyone who currently is dead cannot be resurrected. So you're hired by um, a powerful um, retired adventurer who was resurrected, who's slowly rotting away to find out what's going on so she doesn't die again. Oh, that's, that's the premise.
2: I'd actually be down to run that. I yeah. mean, not run that, but play it. Yeah. So
0: maybe that's what we'll do after I'm done with um, with, with Nippon Nokage. Is maybe start playing that?
1: Tomb of Annihilation.
2: Cool. Yeah, it's a possibility. We'll see in a couple of years. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, we just now started that. That's a ways off.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a while. Plus, we have other things in the pipeline for that are that are going to be going. It might be enough time for me to, you know, once I'm done with this, to read it through and prep it while other things are going on, to be able to come back and run that. So yeah, that's a, definitely a possibility. Interesting.
1: All right. Well, that's about all the time we have for this evening. Oh yeah. Uh, thanks to Lily and Wes for coming out and joining us for this. Autopsy of Tomb of Horrors,
0: <laughs> and uh, really perform an autopsy on a disembodied ex. I
2: think Benny would say yes.
1: It's <laughs> more of a it's more of a forensic study then. So uh, until next time, keep thirty luck points and say good night, Gracie. Good
2: night. Good night. Good night.